Welcome back to the Adam Schefter podcast as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. But before we get there, first, we're going to be joined by a man who made some headlines during free agency when he was traded from the Houston Texans to the Dallas Cowboys, where Brandon Cooks will be spending this upcoming season. Cooks was a first round pick in the 2014 NFL draft out of Oregon State. He's played for the Saints. The Patriots, the Rams, and the Texans, where he's had 1,000-yard seasons with each of those teams. He was traded to the Cowboys last month for a fifth and sixth round pick, and he had been rumored to be going to Dallas last season. He winds up going this offseason, and now Dallas will be the new home for Brandon Cooks. We'll be joined by him here on this podcast. And... It was another busy week in the NFL, most notably on Tuesday with the former Arizona Cardinals executive, Terry McDonough, the brother of the ESPN broadcaster, Sean McDonough, and the legendary football reporter, the late, great Will McDonough, filed an arbitration claim against the Cardinals owner, Michael Bidwell, in which he accused him of cheating, discrimination, and harassment scathing accusations to make against the Cardinals owner. Terry has been essentially saving evidence in his phones, in his emails, building up for this day when he would file this arbitration claim to the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. And once the Cardinals were told that that arbitration claim came in on him, they unloaded on Terry McDonough themselves, saying the claims were baseless, questioning McDonough's character, calling into question the work he had done and really taking him head on and trying to squash him. So we have a little feud going on now that won't be playing out in the legal system. It'll be up to the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, to arbitrate the case. The details probably will be kept semi-private, though many of them are public. But I do want to read a text that Terry McDonough sent this afternoon because he wanted me to put it out there. And so he's asking, I'm going to do that. Terry texted Roger Goodell, this afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, after the arbitration claim in and the Cardinals questioned him, his character, and his work by saying to Roger Goodell in a text, everything Michael Bidwell said is a lie. I'm bringing all the proof and truth with me to arbitration. I have been sober and a very good person over the last 25 years. All he's going to do is bury himself deeper. He has done everything I said in that petition, and I'm going to prove it all and more. You told me that my father was one of your heroes. I'm his son in every way. I'm very much looking forward to seeing you and Michael Bidwell in New York. I will have all of the evidence with me. Please have Steve Wilkes there. He will make the process go a lot smoother for all of us. Thank you, Terry McDonough. And with that, essentially, we will turn it over to Roger Goodell to arbitrate this claim between Terry McDonough, the former Cardinals employee that the team has let go, and the Cardinals owner, Michael Bidwell. We have not heard the last of that case. We also have not heard the last of Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. And it continues to be quiet on both fronts. And think about this. We came home after the owners' meetings in Phoenix last week where the Packers and Jets were in close vicinity. And I know that because on Sunday night when I was walking to my hotel room I was on the same path as the Jets general manager, Joe Douglas, 
and the Packers general manager, Brian Gutekunst. They were walking essentially all three of us side by side. So they definitely met there in Phoenix. I saw it with my own two eyes. Had some discussions. Don't think the discussions went particularly far. And again, both sides are dug in in their respective stances and unwilling to budge at this point in time. And I don't know that either side is going to budge until maybe we get to the NFL draft. Now, again, one conversation between those men could change things in an instant, a snap of a finger. But the fact of the matter is we may have the Aaron Rodgers trade hang over the NFL all the way up to and during the NFL draft. But the Packers are going to want to make some picks this year to give Jordan Love more help. So we'll see if the two sides can pull off that trade. But for anybody waiting for that deal to get done, they may be waiting a little while longer. Does not appear any closer at this point in time. Neither side seems motivated to get things done just yet. And we'll see whether or not that changes. And the same is true, by the way, of Lamar Jackson. Also quiet. Also nothing happening. Also nothing changing. Also probably contingent upon the draft. Because if the draft comes and goes without somebody stepping up and offering Lamar Jackson an offer sheet, and there's no sign yet that they will, then who's going to do that once the draft passes? So that really would have to be resolved if Lamar's hoping for a new team by the draft. But more and more, it just feels like Baltimore is the most logical landing spot for Lamar Jackson, despite the fact that he has requested a trade from that franchise. Nobody else is going to pay him like Baltimore, seemingly so far. Nobody else is going to create their offense for him the way Baltimore has. And as much as Lamar Jackson probably doesn't like it and doesn't want to hear it, Baltimore continues to be the most logical landing spot for him. But we'll see how that situation shakes out. All right, we did see one trade this offseason, many trades, but one involving Brandon Cooks, who now has been traded four times in his NFL career, and actually a little bit more if you take in another circumstance. And with that, we will bring on the new wide receiver of the Dallas Cowboys, the former Texans wide receiver, the man that shaped this NFL draft, which we'll discuss further, Cowboys wide receiver, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. <laughs> What's going on, Seth? We got to make you a regular on this podcast. I know, I know, right? We might as well. <laughs> yeah, what the heck, right? You you have an open invite to come on anytime you want. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'll yeah. definitely take you up on that. <laughs> Let's start with how it feels to be a Dallas Cowboy. Man, <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's a special feeling. Obviously, you know, you think of all the history in Dallas. Um, you think of all the great players that came through there. You think of the Jones family. I'm I'm extremely excited, extremely excited, yeah. What was your reaction when you heard it was going to be Dallas? Because there were some teams that were interested, but it turns out to be right. Dallas. I, I mean, I was like, you know, it's one of those things, better late than never, right? You, obviously, we all know it was a potential before last year uh, trade deadline during the season. Um, but, you know, when I heard it was going to be Dallas and they were back in it, I was, I was like, well, uh, I guess it's meant to be for sure. How close did Dallas come last season in your mind to getting the deal done, Brandon? You know, from just everything that I know, um, I, I you know, it was really close. Um, obviously, it came to the point of uh, it didn't get done, but, uh, you know, it is what it is at that point. You have to keep on pushing, but here we are now, and 
I'm just thankful to be, like I said, a Dallas Cowboy. I can't wait to get suited up. So now, right after you get traded, a lot of people come out with the fact that you've been traded four times in your career, which we'll point out here in a moment. But you also had a situation when you were coming out in the draft in 2014. The Saints traded up to draft you in 2014. And then after that, then the New England Patriots traded you to uh, the Rams in 2018. The Rams traded you to Houston in 2020. Houston traded you to Dallas. So how do you think about how rare and weird that is for a receiver of your caliber to be moved this many yeah. times? Yeah, you know, I, I I take the positive man from it, right? You you think about all those teams you just named. Each of them pretty much has a, a great head coach and probably a Hall of Fame head coach when it's all said and done. And the fact that I'm wanted uh, is, you know, I don't take that lightly, right? So it just becomes, hey, I never made it to free agency. So, you know, I, I take that and, um, you know, I respect it. And at the end of the day, um, what I can do is just continue to produce and be who I am and, um, you know, to be the best that I can be for each locker room that I've been in. What is it like to be traded, though? Like, you have to move, you have to get out of your lease. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's involved, Brandon. You know, it, it's not as hard as most people think, though. I mean, especially being in some great places. You talk about New Orleans, California, Boston, Houston, and now Dallas. Um, it's really an exciting time. You know, I'm married with two kids. So for me, um, you can think of it like a military household. You never know where you're going to be stationed. <laughs> so how does your wife handle all the moving? Uh, she does a great job. I can't lie to you. Most of the time we hire a, a organizer uh, because I'm not there to help. And, and that's too much for her. So uh, she hires some helping hands and, um, you know, and the teams do a great job. You know, obviously when you trade it, they help with the transition uh, with, you know, moving, et cetera. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. You know, it's also interesting. We mentioned the four trades that involved you and five if we include the trade up. But if you go back to the end of the regular season, the last game that the Texans played this year, I believe yeah. that you are largely responsible for the number one pick in this draft being traded. Because in that last game against the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts, I don't know why the Texans were playing you, but they did. They did. And they won the game. And you had in that game five catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. You won on a touchdown and a two-point conversion with 50 seconds left, the win was a big win, I guess, for the Texans, but it cost the Texans the number one no pick. Doubt. They fell to number two, and the Bears trade the number one overall pick because you came through that day. What do you remember no about that day and that game? Well, you know, you, you never suit up to lose, right? And so, like, you know that that number 
pick is out there. But at the end of the day, when you go in between those white lines, you, you, you're putting out your resume. So um, as a competitor, like you're not going out there and say, I'm not going to give it my all because I want the Texas to have number one pick. You go out there, give it your all, let the chips fall where they fall. And it happened just to be one of those uh, situations where it was a nail biter. And most people are probably like, wait, why, why are you guys winning? But, you know, we don't we don't we don't play to lose, at least uh, from a player standpoint. So did you think that you're going to be play- do you think you're going to be playing that game? Was there any part of you that thought somebody was going to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, Brandon, you're down this week? I mean. You know what? Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. You talk about the number one pick, as you know. I mean, look at the trade. That brings so much value to your franchise. So, um, but if even if they tap me on my shoulder, it was going to be a hard fight to to tell me that I'm not playing and for me to accept that. (laughs) So, if somebody tapped you, you were saying, "Hey, I want to be out there." No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Because that was a crazy day that changed. And crazy ending is like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This, this, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But the next thing you know, uh, you lose the number one pick. But, you know, I think they're still in a great situation. I do. At number two, it's just not as great as being it's at num- number one, one. Brent. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a lot of value to be there at number one. But you know what? You don't have to worry about that anymore. Now you're going to play for the Dallas Cowboys. The Texans had... 11 total wins over the last three years combined, and the Cowboys have had 12 win seasons in back-to-back years. So what's it like to walk into a situation knowing that you're back in a situation where you should be winning a lot of games and should be in a winning culture? You know, um, it, it makes you it, – it motivates you. It makes you hungry and because, you you know, for me, I think of those past three years of – uh, you know, not winning. And before that, you know, I'm used to winning. Uh, so it brings that perspective back to to say, like, look, I'm going to show up and be the best teammate I can be and hopefully help Dallas, you know, overcome that hump. And that's what it's all about. That's my mindset. I just want to win. That's what, I just want to win, period. You know, the, yeah. you know, the Cowboys, they also traded for Stephon Gilmore this offseason, right? What? Yeah. You two were teammates in 2017 with New England. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, and everything we've been close. Yeah, so, so so how well do you know him, and have you had any communication with him since you both were oh, traded yeah. to Dallas? No, no exaggeration. We probably talk every every single day uh, for the past, you know, three or four years. You know, every week at least for sure. Um, somebody I got a lot of respect for that I run things by. Um, but you know, he got traded first, and I'm like, man, how do we make this happen? And then next thing you know, we back on the same team together. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited. So what were the conversations with you guys like once you both were traded to Dallas? And, you know, it, it was just one of those, the things that was so surreal. Like, we we knew it was a possibility, but then the next thing you know, we both get traded. He visits Dallas a week before me, and then, and then you know, uh, meet me out there again to look at neighborhoods. And we just looking at each other like, man, it, this is really real. Like, we both was in a situation uh, that we obviously, you know, would have hoped to be different, but now we back you know, to a uh, an incredible franchise. And you were teammates together in New England. You went up against each other in the AFC South last year. Now you're teammates once again. What do people not realize about Stephon Gilmore's game? Um, <laughs> We like to talk about it. Just press play. Like, he's still playing at the highest level. The guy's patient, um, and he, he's extremely smart. Um, and he, his film study – it's one of those things that he just has everything that you will want uh, from a corner. And I think it's going to be huge for him to, for him and Diggs to trade, uh, you know, to pair up together and for him to drop that knowledge on Diggs, Diggs, because Diggs is already special. But the knowledge that Steph has is 
uh, you know, really second to none that's in the game right now, honestly. And there are two guys I want to ask you about playing with. One, you'll be lining up with C.D. Lamb, and you'll be catching balls yep. from Dak Prescott. What are your thoughts on both those two individuals this upcoming year, Brandon? C.D., you talk about a guy who's been electric, you know, since the moment that he stepped into this league. But you look at last year, what he did um, to really just go into that that mode of a true number one receiver. receiver. Like, uh, I got a lot of respect for his game from afar, and, like, I hit him up, like, look, I'm coming to just help. Like, there's no ego. And the same thing with Gallup. And then you talk about Dak, like, his competitive nature, the way that he goes about his work. Um, you know, you hear about it from teammates or ex-teammates, um, the way that he carries himself. Uh, I- I'm truly excited to be able to play with a with a guy like that who's uh, hungry to get better. Okay, a couple more on those that theme of four teams and all these different cities, but are you aware that you and Brandon Marshall are the only yeah. NFL players in NFL history to record a 1,000-yard receiving season with four different teams and you now have the chance to have the record to yourself if you can go over a thousand this year in yeah. Dallas, Brandon. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. But I, I'm, I'm gonna let that take care of itself. I'm gonna let that take care of itself. Have you ever spoken to Brandon about that mark or anything like that? Never talked about that mark. I've spoken to Brandon before. You know, obviously respect for you know who he is and what he's done in this game, but really never sat down or even talked about about that because it's one of those things you. You look at him and be like, wait a minute. Um, you, you're in the moment, right? So you really don't think about it or really talk about it. Um, but, you know, I'm just thankful to be, you know, when I am traded, I'll still be able to produce. And the only other player who was traded four Eric. times under the age of 30, you know that one? Eric Dickerson, Eric. who's in the Hall of Fame. So that's not bad company to keep there, Brandon. I mean, hey, I, hey look, I, I'll take it. I'll take it if that's the route. Have you ever spoken to Eric Dickerson about being traded four times? Uh, a couple of times, obviously, playing for the Rams. Um, you know, he's always around uh, the L.A. Rams for obvious reasons. So uh, we've we spoken a couple of times. And anything that you gleaned from his words? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just continue to be who you are. Like, you can't control uh, some of the, you know, the business side of it. Hey, at least you still want it. And, you know, and take that. Uh, don't take that lightly and give everybody um, all that you got, really. And, Brandon, once and for all, can we put an end to all this? Like, can we do it for the benefit of your wife and your two children and everybody else? Yeah. Can we say that will be the final time in your NFL career that you're going to be traded? Uh, you know, Chef, it, it, that that feeling is there. And, and it's not because of, like, uh, whatever. I, I have to take care of that. Like, it, it's going to become next time we're on a podcast, you know, whatever the case may be, or – retirement seven years from now you're gonna be like you finished with the dallas cowboys and what what is the reason because i, I made that happen because i showed up uh and, and it was great for the dallas cowboy year in and year out for for a long time so no doubt i was actually i was actually hoping the next time you'd be on the podcast would be if and when you make it to the super bowl this year yeah well, well i mean yeah you, you can count that there we go yeah no doubt no doubt no doubt no doubt <laughs> right. can, like can we can we book that right now if Dallas is going to the Super Bowl, you're coming on the podcast that week to talk about it. You got it. You got it. We're gonna we're gonna play this back here. All right. Next January, February, right? You know where the Super Bowl is? Uh, uh Vegas. There you go. So you you may have to take some time out of your busy schedule before you travel to Las Vegas to pop back on this podcast once again, Brandon. <laughs> no doubt. No, I got you. That's not like a plan. <laughs> Hey, Brandon, thank you for the time today. Good luck this season yep. in Dallas. 
appreciate you. Appreciate the pro you are. And you know who else thanks you? The Chicago Bears thank you tremendously. Appreciate, <laughs> appreciate it, Chef. Good talking with you, my man. <laughs> Take care, my friend. See you. All right. Bye-bye. And there is the new Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, Brandon Cooks, friend of the Adam Schefter podcast, with two appearances within this past calendar year, making an appearance here today. And he will be going up against this season, the Washington Commanders, twice a year. And I think we're getting closer and closer to there being a purchase agreement for Daniel and Tanya Snyder to sell the Commanders, whether it's to the 76ers owner, Josh Harris, or the Canadian billionaire, Steve Apostolopoulos. And notice how that name, Apostolopoulos, just rolls off my tongue. And when we had the news on ESPN that he was bidding on the Washington Commanders and he had emerged as one of the potential suitors and purchasers of the Commanders, I had to study up to say Apostolopoulos on ESPN. And I think, if I'm going to be honest, the best training that I had was back in the day when I was at the Rocky Mountain News and the Denver Post, and I was covering the Denver Broncos on a regular basis. They had a trainer by the name of Steve Antonopoulos. Everybody called Steve Antonopoulos Greek. That was his nickname, Greek. Greek was a great guy. Greek was one of the first guys in the building. Steve Antonopoulos was always quoted on injury stories. And I spent over 15 years covering and talking to Steve Antonopoulos. And so when Steve Apostolopoulos emerges to buy the Washington Commanders, I feel like I've been trained to say Antonopoulos, which transitions to Apostolopoulos, and I have my Greek pronunciations down to a science. So if Steve Apostolopoulos can pull off this purchase of the Washington Commanders, I will have no fear of being on NFL Live, Sunday Countdown, Monday Night Countdown, to announce Steve Apostolopoulos as the new owner of the Washington Commanders. And we will see how that transpires here. But I do think we're getting closer. I do think that we could have a purchase agreement in place by the NFL draft. And how happy would Washington be at that point in time to see the Snyders move on, to see a new owner, whoever that is, move in. But it certainly sounds like it could be either Josh Harris or Steve Apostolopoulos. Thank you, Steve Antonopoulos, for that training. And there we go, the Washington Commanders on the block and potentially on the verge of having a purchase agreement in place. All right, I want to thank my great producer, Christina Buswell, for putting together this podcast. I want to thank our guest, Brandon Cooks. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week when we'll be back in this spot next week with more draft information, insights, and interviews. Until then, have a great week, be well, and stay safe.